I lived in the same farmhouse from the ages of pretty much one until I left home at 17. So that was always a huge fixture in my life. And then really since then, I don't think I've stayed still. I think the longest I've lived somewhere was Algoma, Wisconsin, where we had the gallery and the studio. But that's the longest that I've been anywhere since since childhood. So been moving around so much. We were in academia for a little over a decade and just moving where there were jobs. And we graduated at an awful time. It was 2008, you know, everything crashed. No one was hiring. So we did a lot of bouncing around to one-year positions and got really, really burnt out of that pretty quick. You know, our home was always shifting and changing. And then the idea idea of home has always been such a fixture too because of being adopted and thinking about what that actually means. Ideas of nature, nurture, your environment, your home, that's always been at the forefront of my mind as well. So that was a huge part of my work for a long time. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 260th episode, I'm excited to be back and joined by Kendra Balgren, who spoke with me from Milwaukee, where she currently lives and works. She is a painter and the curator slash director of James May Gallery. Of course, we talk all about Kendra's background and the development of her amazing paintings that explore a variety of different subjects and approaches, everything from miniatures that are pieced together, as well as portraits and figurative elements, using animals as stand-ins for people, and really kind of exploring different ideas of identity, nature, and nurture through these really wonderful paintings Definitely check them out on Studio Break and, of course, visit her website, KendraBalgren.com. I would note, of course, Kendra is a director and curator of James May Gallery, so we talk a bit about that. And, of course, Kendra was our juror for the 2021 student competition that wrapped in the spring. I'm going to be announcing those winners in the outgoing part of this uh, episode and then, of course, later on Instagram. And while you're there, make sure to follow. That's at Balgren on Instagram and, of course, James May Gallery on Instagram. You can also find James May Gallery on Artsy where they have a bunch of different exhibitions, past exhibitions, works for sale by various artists. It's tons of great stuff, so check that out as well. And there's a link on studiobreak.com. If you're listening for the first time, Studio Break is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists. They come on, they talk all about their studio practice, and we share those interviews right on studiobreak.com. You can also subscribe in Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll find that information on that website, studiobreak.com. Each of our posts have images and links to the artist's website, so you can easily get lost there. So definitely go check it out. You can find us on social media, so be sure to like our Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Studio Break. And, of course, be sure to follow on Instagram at Studio underscore Break. And now that announcements are out of the way, I just wanted to thank everybody for their patience. I'm super excited to get back at it after a much-needed mental break after the past year. So back at podcasting, have a bunch of exciting news hopefully coming up as we approach our official 10-year mark in October. So very excited to be doing this and sharing podcasts again. So with that being said, let's dive right into this latest interview with Kendra Balgren. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome to Studio Break, Kendra Balgren. So excited to have you on. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I am assuming at some point we'll talk a little bit about the uh, difficulties of uh, curating and juring. I know that you were our juror for the uh, student competition that closed recently. And obviously mm-hmm. you are a director of James May Gallery and an artist. So, you know, we're going to be talking to you about your work and obviously maybe talking a, a little bit about some of the shows that have been going on and, and what's coming up. But again, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, I always love learning about uh, backgrounds and stuff like that. So to, to begin with, so you're originally from Wisconsin. What, which area of Wisconsin? Kind of like northern or? I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin, just a little place in the country. Okay. And so yeah. what was that like? I mean, like, uh, again, family, like uh, enjoying the, the country and just kind of uh, taking everything in and all that? Yeah, it was a great place to grow up. We had two acres and a little hobby farm. So we always had chickens. We always had something going on. It was, I was outside all the time. I had a great childhood. My dad worked at Case, the big tractor plant. Mm-hmm. And so that was always a big part of our life down there. And then my mom was a weaver. So I think I got a lot of creativity from her. And then you know, the hard Midwestern work ethic, blue collar, <laughs> all of that. I, I definitely feel I'm a worker. And <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. And I would imagine then just kind of considering some of that, you know, there was a lot of support in terms of hopefully doing creative things. But I'm curious, like, were there other things that you were kind of drawn to and interested in? I had a really rough time in high school. So i I got out of high school in three years and I went the furthest place imaginable. I spent a year abroad in Japan oh, Wow! and then went on to college at uh, UW-Whitewater for the arts. But I, I had been interested in maybe doing something with, with um, Japanese cultural studies or something like that. But art, I've always loved art and it was pretty difficult to get away from. I was always circling back to the arts no matter what. So I felt like, you know, I had to do it. And anything like in particular in terms of like growing up, were you always like painting, for example, or, you know, drawing, you know, figures and and landscapes and things like that? Oh, yeah. I was painting. I was drawing. I was really big into 4-H. So doing crafts like basket weaving, cake decorating, animals. Yeah, I was always doing something with my hands sewing, knitting. So that that was always really important to me. And is that something that you kind of always knew that you wanted to do then or kind of pursue? I know it's always kind of odd when you, you know, think about looking back on it, like, how did I, how did I choose this? You know? <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago too. But <laughs> I, I think I just always had the a passion for it. You know, I thought, oh, maybe I should go into graphic design or architecture or something I could actually make money at. But in, in the end, you know, I, I think I took one graphic design class and I was like, nope, I'm not sitting in front of a computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I tried to do the whole, you know, make money at art thing, but it's always a little tricky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and I guess, you know, I know we talked a little bit about maybe uh, some of the difficulties in high school and, and things that you're kind of going through. Were you studying art then too with that idea of, of like graphic design? I'm going to maybe go and do something with this that makes sense. Um, I took a lot of art classes in high school, like drawing, painting. We had medals and I, oh, wow. yeah, I would always be hanging out in the art room, skipping lunch and <laughs> just being in there 
which was really nice. You talked about uh, going to the University of Wisconsin. Was there anything in particular that kind of uh, brought you there? I think I just applied there when I was in Japan without much thought and Mm -hmm. got in and then, yeah, ended up really loving it. And as somebody that, you know, is kind of always interested in the arts and things like that, did you kind of really enjoy your your initial start with it? You know, as we were just kind of describing, you know, those those still life drawings that kind of go on for days and, you know, <laughs> color theory stuff. And Oh, yeah, I would get really into all the projects and, yeah, get really lost in them. And they're really great professors at UW-Whitewater when I was there. And, yeah, I learned a lot. It's a great place. Were you always kind of interested in that idea of like, you know, representation? Because obviously there's that that aspect of your work now. You know, it's really interesting because some of the paintings have such interesting surfaces. And, you know, so it's hard to pin those things down because, you know, some people go through these phases or, mm-hmm. you know, they come back to something or they've never done abstraction. But was that those inklings of representation, things that you were being drawn to then? Was that something that was was present in terms of like the things that you like to draw? Yeah, definitely. I I did go through like an abstract phase in undergrad. I explored that and I think that was really good to do. And even when I'm just painting on a thinking about the paint handling, thinking about just little ways I can abstract things. I'm never painting things exactly as they seem. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we technically can't, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, well, that's, that's the problem with us uh, art folk is that everything is like a philosophical question, you know, it's not just some um, one straight up answer. So, and I guess just to kind of think about that time, you know, like, and especially different subjects, I mean, what types of things, I guess, were in your, your thesis or, you know, what you graduated with there? I ended up going to the uh, Memphis College of Art after UW-Whitewater, and that was a really great little art school that's no longer there, which is really, really sad. Mm -hmm. But I ended up using miniatures in a lot of my works where I'd photograph a miniature and kind of make these little, little scenes, like little farmhouse scenes. And then I'd photograph them and then I'd make paintings from them. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a while. And then I brought them into the landscape with me as I moved around the country and brought the different landscapes into it as well, because place has been always a really important part of my work. So everywhere I went, I ended up bringing these little miniatures. I still have a pretty big miniature collection, but I haven't been using them very often. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, I have a dollhouse, I've got a little farmhouse, I've got all these miniature animals. And yeah, they're kind of fun. I wouldn't let my kids play with them for the longest time. <laughs> I'd get so mad at them. I'm starting to let go. <laughs> and when you were in, in Memphis, was that something that you were doing then too? Mm-hmm. In terms of process, you know, you kind of describe like this, you know, relationship with say animals or, you know, nature, identity, things like that. Was that mm-hmm. something that you would kind of like, you know, write down in terms of like what you wanted to kind of, you know, explore in a composition or was it like responding to different environments that would kind of call back to a memory? Yeah. I mean, I've always worked very, I mean, off the cuff. I I don't really keep a sketchbook. I don't really do a ton of writing. I did in grad school just because I had to, because it was expected of me, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I have so little time now to work. I just tend to work off a lot of photographs, 
work off a lot of memory and just kind of go for it because I have so little time. Like all my time is so precious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't say that, but yeah. (laughs) No, I I understand. I mean, it seems like life just keeps uh, growing in terms of responsibilities and, you know, things that pull your attention. So it's it's important to make those times important, I guess. Yes. Yeah, it's going to sound terrible, right? It's important yeah. to make times important. <laughs> the emerging artists and to like, you know, who they are, you know, in present. So like you, you wound up doing a, an Iceland residency. And I'm assuming that that's after you, you had completed your MFA? Yes, that was after MFA. And um, I was pregnant with my first son during that trip. And... Yeah, that was an amazing trip. But is it something like where an experience like that might kind of turn your your art in a new direction? You know, something where you're, you know, kind of mentioning like traveling and kind of maybe responding, being able to start kind of piecing together ideas for work? Yeah, I did a lot of different things when we were in Iceland. We did some site-specific projects. We did a lot of felting. We had a lot of sheep on the property, which was really fun. And then I just did some small watercolors, which I tend to do when I travel just to get ideas out quickly. And I tend to be a really tight painter. So that's a good way for me to loosen up is to do some watercolors. And I still do that today. You know, like you kind of described not having like a sketchbook. So I'm curious, like, are there ever like any of these smaller kind of investigations or paintings that like turn into you know, much longer, (laughs) you know, intensive kind of uh, investigation into a larger painting? Some of the water pieces, but otherwise they're just used just to get flowing and just to get loosened up. But usually it's, it's, it's no more than that. You know, one of the first ones on your website is a a painting called uh, No One Comes Here Anymore. And there's like this miniature figure, there's a I believe a cow. I just always like kind of breaking things down, you know, even more, but like, there's kind of like, obviously like this out of uh, characterness or out of bodiness, you know, relative to the figure, like almost like they're stepping into this world. And so I think that's something that's really interesting is that in a way it kind of like invites the viewer to kind of, you know, live in their, their shoes, I guess, even though I know it's obviously like not a, you know, a real person. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I was definitely creating these little miniature worlds that were, you know, lighted. And I really thought a lot about how I created these worlds. So then I photographed them, painted them. And um, yeah, so it's neat to think about the viewer becoming a part of these worlds as well. So it's interesting to think about that process that again, it sounds like you're describing is starting out, you know, this reference photo. And then obviously, I would imagine there's a lot of, you know, choices that you're making, you know, in terms of maybe adjusting something like color or Mm -hmm. um, atmosphere. And I guess maybe kind of like talk about that a little bit, you know, thinking about that process, I guess, you know. I really kind of focused on the play of light and pushing that as far as I could possibly. So the scenes have this kind of magical kind of surreal feeling to them. Mm -hmm. This whole body of work kind of stemmed from, I think it was my last year in undergrad, I, I met my birth family for the first time. And they were dairy farmers in the Lake Mills area. So I brought a lot of that with me to grad school thinking about what could have been and kind of that whole alternative family history that I found really interesting and kind of, yeah, I have, I've always wondered about it. So kind of creating paintings based on that. 
so essentially in a, mm-hmm. in a sense to kind of explore your your identity because you're you've always kind of questioned that oh yes definitely do you do you consider yourself as like a, a stand-in for the for the miniature or is it more kind of like just meant to be kind of more open for like you know like we were talking about earlier for somebody to kind of see and kind of respond yeah definitely I want people to be able to put themselves within the paintings and then for me personally like there's different representations of different people or situations in my own life but I always believe where things can be super personal but I I really try to make them universal at the same time that's really important to me because I don't want it to be all about me sure sure something else to kind of note is that like again there's a lot of these you know animals that are kind of interacting and Mm -hmm. there's obviously that aspect of it is you know, like you're kind of describing, is that something that would be a stand-in for someone else or maybe the idea of somebody else? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's always been easier for me to kind of interact with animals versus interact with humans, although I've gotten a lot better at that as Mm -hmm. I get older. (laughs) But when I was young, I would, I would play with my animals. I had rabbits and chickens, and I'd always like to put them in interesting situations and kind of see what they would do. So I was always doing that as a kid. So kind of as I just kind of came naturally to do within my paintings as well. Well, and I guess, you know, to kind of think about that, there's a number of other pieces that kind of maybe continue on some of those themes. So like, for example, there's a, you know, a series of truth or consequences that comes after you know, that series in about uh, 2012. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more like a doll or a figurine or, but there's kind of like this, um, you know, these arms that are kind of like bolted on, it becomes more like this, I don't want to say mechanized, but you know what I mean? You kind of, you see those, uh, those aspects of it. And mm-hmm. so I was just curious if there was anything, I guess, more to that idea. Um, I was just collecting little little tiny women figurines and I I became really obsessed with the green woman figurine she made her way into a lot of the the paintings and I think I know the one you're talking about the little yellow woman again it's just interesting because you know like there's so much playfulness in terms of the different compositions that you have Mm -hmm. are there ones that like stand out to you where it's like you know, you kind of maybe get an image in your head of what maybe something will look like, or is it something where you really kind of need to kind of be sparked from that initial observation or, you know, the way that you might take a photograph, you know, to refer to, and then, you know, to kind of let your imagination run wild as you start working through that process. Yeah, I'm definitely inspired immediately by the landscape surrounding me. I'll see like a little flower or a moss covered rock and feel like that needs to be kind of brought into the composition and then you know I'll take tons of photographs and then edit from the photographs of what I'll eventually paint sometimes I know immediately oh yeah this is going to be a painting and sometimes you know there's so many duds and so many throwaways and 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 then there's surprises too Mm -hmm. and then my partner Jimmy he's an artist and he is one of my biggest critics and sometimes he'll be like no you can't there's no way you can paint that. No way. And then sometimes I'll find myself going back to that one and painting it and be like, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) He's always giving me feedback. So it's, it's nice. And it's, it's kind of surprising sometimes our back and forth, which is, is nice because you don't get that very much, you know, once you leave grad school. So it's always been nice to have him to 
to play off of. Yeah, and I, I always get that more honestly from from my uh, my peers in the sense that like my you know again I think I told you we moved so like my wife is kind of like yeah the the basement's a great place for your paintings you know because um, <laughs> oh, I no. think I think everything was like just you know plastered in terms of the walls in our small space but um, again it's it's kind of an interesting that relationship you know to kind of think about having somebody that's gonna be like oh no you could push that a little bit you know you're yeah. dragging your yep. feet a little bit. Yeah, But, you know, especially to kind of think about some of the compositions, another thing that I kind of noticed that, you know, thematically starts kind of showing up is that idea of home. Mm -hmm. And that's something that kind of comes back in different cycles. You were describing like editing, like, you know, earlier, was that something that you're thinking about more of like a physical kind of editing or like one where you're like digitally like cutting out, you know, parts of different compositions and, and piecing them together? A little bit of both. I, mean, I have some very rudimentary Photoshop skills that I use from time to time where I'll you know, put pieces together using Photoshop or using collage mm -hmm. and then just editing just by dumping the photographs I don't want, I guess. There's one called uh, Between Regret, Our First and Last House. And that's the one that I was thinking of specifically. But one of the things that's fascinating mm -hmm. to me is that, you know, we have, you know, areas that are, you know, super textured and, you know, rendered and lifelike. And then areas where they're juxtaposed with maybe like flat shapes like in this one there's there's that that home and then in some of them again it's interesting because it'll happen with like the background will you know start looking flat and take on you know a different form and maybe that's because of the compositional you know aspect of it you know I'm, I'm assuming that there's just always you know every painting is a new kind of journey or experience yeah and I'm always trying to get different textures with the paint and different light qualities and and sometimes I'll know right away what I'm going to do with the paint. And then sometimes it'll just kind of happen. And sometimes the painting will look really flat and boring. And I'll have to you know, kind of figure out what to do with it next, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, to kind of speak of that, you know, idea of color a little bit, you know, what, what kind of inspires you to kind of, you know, seek out a color uh, combination or, to, you know, to shift some work? I'm really into the different plays of light and then I'll just I, I'll kind of get stuck on different color combinations like right now I'm like it's all raw umber and ultramarine blue and mm -hmm. <laughs> like just certain combinations and I mean I'm painting a lot of water right now so that kind of makes sense but yeah I just kind of get into these fixations with color too well, and I'm assuming it depends a little bit on the series, you know, in yeah. terms of in yep. terms of where you're ebbing and flowing. And like we were talking about earlier moves and, you know, significant life events certainly kind of shift and change things. Another kind of series of paintings that I'm really interested in, in talking about a little bit is this uh, Wisconsin Home series, which, again, you know, idea of home, I'm assuming, is something that's also been super important in, in terms of exploring in your work. I lived in the same farmhouse from the ages of pretty much one until I left home at 17. So that was always a huge fixture in my life. And then really since then, I don't think I've stayed still. I think the longest I've lived somewhere was Algoma, Wisconsin, where we had the gallery and the studio. But that's the longest that I've been anywhere since, since childhood. So been moving around so much. We were in academia for a little over a decade and just moving where there were jobs and 
we graduated at an awful time. It was 2008, you know, everything crashed. No one was hiring. So we did a lot of bouncing around to one-year positions and got really, really burnt out of that pretty quick. You know, our home was always shifting and changing. And then the idea of home has always been such a fixture too, because of being adopted and thinking about what that actually means. Ideas of nature, nurture, your environment, your home, that's always been at the forefront of my mind as well. So that was a huge part of my work for a long time. So one of the things that's fascinating to me about this, you know, Wisconsin home series is just, you know, the closeness of, you know, the compositions. Like, again, there's a number of them that are set up maybe like on a windowsill that you're kind of seeing. But again, the scale of them seems so much more interesting and, and kind of intimate. Like, and oddly enough, like, I feel like there's a little bit more maybe attention to detail going on. It's weird because you kind of you kind of maybe almost recognize it more as like a something that you want to kind of create a narrative from. But then, you know, you'll see one where there's one called Woman on Lake Michigan, where, again, the, the woman is essentially almost like blank looking and kind of almost blending into half of the the landscape set against the, the background of the, the water. So it's just interesting because it's kind of like chock full of this detail. But then, you know, I would imagine then as you're as you're looking at it, there's still this aspect of it that it's not a real thing. And you start kind of mm-hmm. imagining, you know, I think that's something that's really fascinating about the work. That painting was the first time I started painting water, actually. Oh, so that that was kind of a pivotal painting, which I didn't I didn't return to painting water for a long time, mm-hmm. but that was the very first one, and I wasn't thinking about it really as water. It wasn't at the forefront of my mind. It was more just creating a a landscape just for my figure to inhabit, and mm-hmm. I wasn't really thinking, oh, I'm gonna paint water necessarily. Well, and that's interesting to me too, because like there's always like these little tangents. You know, these things that maybe you don't know how it's going to, you know, turn out or, you know, you get an inkling of something and you're not really sure. And then three years later, you're you're doing it. Yeah. So when did you kind of start diving more into, to, you know, painting bodies of water and, and you know, incorporating that into your work? It's probably a few years ago, um, just about every summer that my husband and I have started dating. We went to his friend's cabin up in Crandon, Wisconsin, in the North Woods, and it's on this beautiful little lake. And I don't know why I started doing it, but I I started going around in the canoe. It's a tiny little lake. And then I had him photograph me going around in this canoe (laughs) in this little lake. Mm -hmm. And those became kind of my first water paintings, these women in canoe series where I would paint me in a canoe and that little lake, which I'm so in love with and so in love with still just, I feel like different bodies of water kind of have their own little rhythms. And it's interesting as I paint water more, I, I come to realize like that they're also different, the, the way their waves pattern and the water patterns. And I guess I've always thought of water as so meditative and just being in Kansas so long too, where there isn't a lot of water Mm -hmm. kind of made me long for it even more. And then in Kansas too, we had the the big open skies, which in Wisconsin, we don't have as much. I I feel like I could get that same feeling when we were on water, which was nice because I really miss that, that feeling of openness, nothingness. One of the things that strikes me about that idea too, you know, in terms of utilizing, 
you know, yourself in this, this, this boat and, you know, thinking about water, you know, it's like the way that you kind of move through it. Like there, like the sense of navigation is obviously something that's very important as opposed to like when you're, I don't know, walking around, you know, I mean, there, mm-hmm. this, this requirement of having to like move through it, um, which I, I don't know, it seems almost like, you know, the work that, the work that you have to do to get through it is going to kind of make you more contemplative of like where you're at and what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Cause it, know requires you to have to like oh, i want to go check out that that rock over there i'm gonna have to paddle for a long time or uh, you know <laughs> yeah. i gotta get back to shore or something like that mm-hmm. but i mean it seems like it's a, a good metaphor relative to some of the the subjects that you're kind of interested in yeah it was really important for just me to be the solitary figure within the canoe and often just me from the back so hopefully you know, other people could put themselves into the painting as well without it being just a, just a self-portrait. Well, and it's interesting though, too, because then there's also like various other, other works. Like if I jump to, you know, even some of the, the most current work, um, obviously that, that there's certain figurative elements that have, that have stuck around, uh, the miniature aspects have maybe come back a little bit. But one of the things that I thought was really fascinating, and especially about, you know, some of the work from a, a number of years ago, was just this kind of like mirrored images where you're kind of like, you know, mirroring each side of the composition. Oh, yeah. That seems kind of like a, a noticeable kind of shift. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe talk about this series for a little bit. Yeah, I did that a lot when we were up by Door County, just thinking about twins and our different selves and nature versus nurture and how we can be one thing to someone and another thing to someone else. And I did that a lot with the miniatures. And then I also did that with a few self-portraits as well, which, yeah, so on a large, a really large scale and then on a really small scale. It's interesting to kind of see how some of those threads kind of carry over from those initial, you know, paintings that maybe we're talking about, you know, and how how that shifts. But one of the things that I am really struck by is just the richness of them seem to kind of keep growing and keep growing, which is always something that's, you know, maybe that's a standard thing to say to artists, right? You're, you're going to make more and more interesting work. But I mean, I think that's yeah, something that's, that's good. a really interesting aspect of it. And especially like some of the, the forested aspects of, you know, some of the more recent paintings, because they start getting really kind of atmospheric and, you know, thick with brush and all of these different marks and, Again, it's it's interesting because while, you know, like like we were just talking about this idea of like taking a journey, you know, through water or navigating water, you know, there's also that aspect to like a forest where it kind of just seems like it kind of, you know, kind of goes on endlessly until, you know, you kind of like lose focus. You can't see anymore. It just kind of blends mm-hmm. and bleeds together. It's strange. Like I, I think I had a hard time letting go of those miniatures for a long time, but then bringing them out into the woods made me think of them differently and then thinking about, well, you know, I'm really liking painting the woods. Why am I, why am I still using the figures? Maybe it needs to be void of figures and it needs to be more about the woods. So I think the figures have kind of always kind of come and gone from the work and I never want to be stuck in one thing and I never want to feel like things are getting stale or I'm getting bored painting. Mm -hmm. I never want to feel like, Oh, you know, she's the artist who paints with the miniatures and she's been doing that since grad school and right, hasn't right. changed. And <laughs> so, I mean, I, I feel like I've done a lot of different things since since grad school and I'm pretty 
proud of that. What's your studio like in, in terms of the day-to-day? I mean, do you have like a number of paintings going at once or are you just kind of, you know, solely focused on maybe resolving one painting at a time or? Usually I have a few different ones going on. Right now I'm working on a triptych, a pretty large triptych for client through the Trout Museum in Appleton. That's been going okay. I don't have a lot of space for it, so it's a little bit frustrating. My day-to-day, it's, it is so crazy because I have the kids getting off in the morning. It's summer. It, it's hectic with their schedules. And um, they have a lot of therapies and doctor appointments. And then um, doing the gallery work, I always have to really, really force myself to sit at the computer and answer emails do the gallery work. Like the initial part of curating the exhibitions I love, but then now that everything is online, the data entry and the emailing kind of wears me down. Mm -hmm. Like I I so miss that person-to-person interaction with the artists and with the clients. So I'm really having to force myself to do computer work. Over COVID, I got my realtor's license, so I'm also doing that. So I'm juggling a lot of stuff right now and kind of painting in between where I can find the time, which is difficult because I paint in oils and I've been having to extend the life of the oils as long as possible because I like to work in bigger chunks and I'm not getting that right now. So the most frustrating thing is when my oil paints dry up and then I have to remix the paint and then start again and then it's no fun. <laughs> that was always something that, you know, freaked me out. Cause back in graduate school, I had all this time and, you know, I could just, you know, yeah. spend 10 hours painting, you know, and it wouldn't, yeah. you know, I wouldn't run out of that, you know, weird mix of some, you know, like muted yellow or something. And yes. then now if I make that, it's like, I want enough that I won't run out of it. But mm-hmm. after a certain point of time, I started piecing together so little, you know, fragments of my time. It might be an hour here, 90 minutes there or something. And so I just kind of like got into this point where it's just like, okay, well, I'm just going to commit to this. And if I have to remix it, then I'm just going to make sure my palette is so small and range that I, I know how to get back there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's, that's something that's always interesting to me because like, you know, I know some artists will have like every tube of paint imaginable and then some don't. Are you getting kind of a, a painter question here, but I mean, are you someone that kind of has a very limited palette or are you kind of, you've got all sorts of colors and. It's pretty limited right now, but like I'm, I'm working on a lot of water scenes right now. So it's very limited, Mm -hmm. but then I, I really love working wet on wet and blending and just doing things that you can't do any other way except wet on wet. And so that's really, really frustrating when you have such a short time to work on things. So I use a lot of walnut oil and my paintings sometimes stay wet a long time, <laughs> which is good. Well, at least it allows you to get back into them, right? So yeah. 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 Well, and you know, a couple of minutes ago, we were kind of talking about this, we're alluding to this a little bit. So maybe talk a little bit about, I guess, how, how did you get involved in, in terms of wanting to to open up a space and... I guess, how did that story come about? Because, you know, obviously that's super, super interesting and obviously extremely challenging. Yeah, I mean, we were in higher ed for so long and got really, really frustrated by the experience. And I think our last year in higher ed, we had our two sons 
both had major health issues. So we were thinking, okay, we need to start putting down roots. We can't be just going all over looking for jobs. So our family was in Wisconsin. My husband ended up living in Madison, working construction and living with his mom for a year to save money. I ended up living with my parents for a year. And this is when we're in our when I'm in my 30s, he's in his 40s. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not ideal at all. So mm-hmm. I'm thankful for my family. But um, yeah, I don't want to go back to that. So we saved money for a year. And then we, we ended up looking for property up in Door County, which is a touristy place known for its arts and its nature. And we looked for a long time up there, couldn't find anything we could afford we always thought we wanted a, a artist residency or an artist space or gallery, s- some version of that. Mm-hmm. And we we're at, at first looking at farmhouses. We could kind of maybe turn a barn into a gallery or residency. But our friends in Algoma had a clay studio and the place next door to them was for sale. And it was really, really cheap. So... They kind of talked us into buying this property, and it was in really rough shape. And at first, we couldn't see how we would live and work out of it because it had two small apartments upstairs, a one-bedroom and a two-bedroom, and then just one huge, long, kind of empty commercial space that I think the last thing it was, it was an appliance store, and then they also fixed bicycles in the back. So it was like just greasy, dirty, but a good space, good bones. So we eventually figured out that we could have the gallery in the front and then create our living space in the back and then below. So it ended up working out really well. We ended up living upstairs in the two-bedroom apartment our family of four for about a year why we renovated the whole downstairs. So we renovated the gallery space and then that was connected to our living space. So it worked out really well for me because I couldn't have a job outside of the home at the time. My, my son was getting 40 hours of ABA therapy for, for a few years there. So I had to be always at home when there was a therapist at home. So I there was no possible way I could work outside of the home. So this kind of filled that gap for me, which I I always feel like I want to be working. So it was really great that I could have the gallery, have the studio, but then kind of walk through doors and just immediately be in my home if I was needed, Mm -hmm. which it was a blessing and a curse because I was never, ever, ever away from work. But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I really, really miss it. Like, really, really miss having a gallery space and studio space. And I'm hoping I can find something again around Milwaukee, around this area soon. But it's just a lot more expensive around here. So I'm kind of saving up and doing things online for now. So it's, yeah, it's a little tricky. Yeah, and obviously, too, with the, the pandemic, like we were talking about earlier, obviously everything shifted so dramatically. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I'm all of a sudden talking to uh, graduate students that are literally like, you know, like I was supposed to have a show and then no show. You oh, know, like I'm, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in that spot and artists are, you know, in situations where they're trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, it obviously had to be pretty, pretty rough just to kind of be able to build, take care of everything, get it all ready and then 
you know, eventually have, having to kind of move on just because yeah. you know, everything changed. It was super hard to let go of both the spaces. I mean, we put everything we had into them money wise, blood, sweat, tears, like ev- everything. So mm-hmm. it was super, super hard to leave behind. And so you were describing earlier, you know, like, again, you're you're off in the woods now where you're, where you're at. Are there like imaginations running wild in terms of that space that hopefully you can find <laughs> in Milwaukee and, and try to, um, I don't know, kind of shift things back? I know, you know, obviously you're also doing a lot of online shows, mm-hmm. you know, currently, too. But I'm assuming that that's that's kind of like the long term is to get back in person. Yes, I would love to get back in person. I kind of like go back and forth just because commercial property around here is so, so crazy expensive. I think, Mm -hmm. well, could we build an amazing outbuilding on our property and have my studio housed within it and then maybe do small solo shows that are invite only, or maybe like, you know, four times a year we would have shows in this amazing outbuilding that we build. I've been looking kind of in the Kahnemawak area and then in the Milwaukee area and it's, it's so tough right now mm-hmm. to find a space. And then, you know, we do everything ourselves. My husband is a, he's in the union and he's a carpenter as well. So he's really handy. So that's helpful. But right now with building materials being how high, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are just kind of waiting everything out right now mm-hmm. and just kind of seeing what happens. Well, and then real estate being so ridiculous too is, is yep we're just waiting, (laughs) which is so hard for me because I'm so impatient and um, (laughs) really miss having a gallery. Yeah. Well, and again, it's interesting too, because it's just like for me, like doing this podcast is, you know, talk to, you know, Philip Mellon and um, Erica Hess, who also have podcasts. And, you know, there's this weird thing where you're kind of like learning this new craft and this new aspect Mm -hmm. of your creative personality. So I'd imagine again, too, like having that you know, doing so well and then, you know, having to make that adjustment, you know, it's got to be difficult, but it, it sounds at least like you're dreaming of that, that coming back. And, and I hope yeah. that, you know, that'll be sooner than uh, sooner than later, but maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, what, what opportunities you are making for artists um, in terms of, you know, this new format, because you've been doing shows and, you know, I, I believe that the uh, memory water show was, uh, you know, you know, recent had tons of great work in that, but maybe talk to us a little bit about the, the schedule of stuff coming up and, and uh, what's going on with the online aspect of James May Gallery? Yeah, I mean, luckily, a few years ago, we started working with Artsy, and that's an amazing platform. We started putting the shows online then just because, I mean, who has ever heard of Algoma, Wisconsin? <laughs> um, you know, so to just to get our artists a little bit more out there, we started using that platform, which was I was grateful that we did that because then when the pandemic hit and when we ended up having to sell our last space, we still were able to have these shows online. And, you know, it wasn't nearly as great as having them in person, but I think, I think the artists still appreciated it. And I mean, Artsy is a great platform and I think they were still, you know, okay with having the shows on through artsy yeah but it's just not nearly as fun as having an opening or um you know like seeing people in the gallery every day and so are there upcoming calls or anything that you have for artists to check out and we do the art of water every year and that's in may and i usually put a call out 
in like January or February, I just realized that I I really need to put a call out for 2022 already. Mm -hmm. So that'll be happening pretty soon. And for now, like just all the shows are going to be online until I can find a space. So I'm hoping artists will still be receptive to that. And I mostly just utilize Artsy and then social media a lot, Facebook, Instagram. That's been really helpful. There's something really generous about, you know, kind of making these opportunities for artists. So I'm sure that it'll it'll continue and then you'll still have opportunities. Yeah, um, I wish I could do more. Like, I feel like it is never enough. And yeah, it's just not the same right now, too. So I'm always feeling a little like self-conscious about it. Like, oh, is this enough I'm doing for my artists? And mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I wish I could be doing more. And hopefully having a physical space again soon will will help just to kind of you know review some of that information then so all of the all of the gallery information just jamesmaygallery.com and is that the same uh, for instagram at jamesmaygallery on instagram and then it's on facebook and then you know i i'm not as good at updating websites as i should be so even my personal website is probably not as updated as it should be um but i mean instagram i put stuff on there and then with James May Gallery, the website, is, it's almost become kind of a placeholder. And it seems to me like now Artsy has become more important than the actual website. So, And you can get to our Artsy page from the website. Awesome. And and obviously, too, again, it's it's nice to have all of these things umbrella, right? It's so easy to find everything at this point. So, you know, obviously oh, people good, can, good. can follow, follow you, follow uh, James May Gallery and, and, you know, link up. Um, that's one of the things that I always appreciate too, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, scrolling through Instagram, um, you know, there's been so many wonderful images from, you know, that art of water show, like I was saying, but then obviously there's other exhibitions going on through artsy. Um, mm-hmm. so obviously people can check those out, uh, and stay up to date. And I guess with your own personal, uh, Instagram, are you, are you posting progress shots quite a bit and, you know, sharing little, little snippets of the, the paintings that you're working on? Yeah, I try to. So that's at K Balgren. Well, again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been so great to, to talk to you and, and to meet you in person. And obviously, thanks so much yeah. again for, um, you know, assisting with our student competition. Oh, thank you. That that was really fun. I really enjoyed doing that. So thank you for for having me. Yeah, well, that's really my way of just letting somebody else deal with it. You know, if it was up to me, kind of, kind of like you, I would, I would just be like, everybody's great. I'm going to interview everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's so hard to hard to make decisions because it seems it like the the artwork um, is so much better than when I was an undergrad or graduate school student. You know, it's it's tough to make those calls. It is. It is. Well, it was really great seeing all the work and. Yeah. And spying on everyone's Instagram too. That's kind of a new thing. Like, okay, I'd go to their website, Instagram. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of getting to know them a little personally too. So that was fun. Yeah. Super interesting. So again, thank you so much for that. And again, everybody should definitely make sure to check, check out, you know, your, your website, check out artsy, make sure you're following and staying up to date. There's so many things that are popping off there. So yeah, again, thanks so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
Thanks once again to Kendra for joining me. Check out her website, KendraBalgren.com. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at KBalgren. And of course, check out James May Gallery. That's at James May Gallery on Instagram. Of course, you can find a link on JamesMayGallery.com to Artsy, where they have a bunch of previews of exhibitions, as well as various artists and works available. So check that out as well. And of course, all of that is linked up on StudioBreak.com. All right, so as promised, here are our 2021 Studio Break student competition winners, and hopefully I don't screw up names too badly. Undergraduate winners are Jonathan Lloyd, Gigi DeGrood, Tucker Love, Olivia Towser, and Larkin Cook. Our graduate winners include Todd Jones, Hannah Lindo, Jonathan Virginia Green, Sharbana Hamza, and Eva Gabriella Flynn. So congrats to all the winners, and thanks so much to everybody that applied. That competition is really rough as the applicants are super strong, so thanks again. And of course, if you're interested in applying, that student annual comes up every spring, so keep your eyes peeled. Thanks once again to Kendra for being a fabulous juror. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, remember there are plenty more on studiobreak.com, a big healthy archive. Each of those posts have images of the artist's artwork, links to their websites for more info on them. You can, of course, listen right on the Studio Break podcast website default player, or you can subscribe in Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you do that, please be sure and give us a review. It's super helpful for others finding out about this podcast and of course you can help by spreading the word so we really appreciate that and of course you earn karma points you know the universe is looking out for you so thanks for spreading the word you can also do that easily by liking our facebook page by following us on twitter at studio break and of course on instagram be sure to follow at studio underscore break music today is by golden shadow which is a band featuring myself ben cohan and brett beery we're actually going to be doing a podcast up next week to kind of talk about what's been going on in my studio this summer so we're excited to share that and talk about music and of course if you're looking for music to listen to in the studio check out at brett beery on instagram there's a link to his Bandcap album so be sure to check that out you can find ben cohan at m ben cohan studio on instagram you can also find his work at mbencohan.com. You can see some of my paintings by going on over to davidlinaway.com. Or if you like, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at David Linaway. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode or maybe you just missed this podcast, let us know. Again, it's great hearing from listeners. It's excited to make this podcast again and share these great interviews. So again, really appreciate uh, your interest and patience. And I wish you all a fabulously productive studio. We'll talk to you real soon.